The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Now, there has been a very interesting report issued just this afternoon by the OECD. Of course, that's a leading think tank based out of Paris, one of the most influential economic think tanks. Two parts of it that are interesting to us here on the hard shoulder. One of them is that Ireland's life expectancy is among the highest in the European Union at 83 years of age. We'll talk about that in a second with Brian Turner, who's a health economist at UCC. But let's talk a little bit about the main economic pieces in it. And one of the kind of catch cries of this report is that Ireland has been spending a lot and not necessarily getting a return on its money. And it's essentially saying that we need, from a fiscal policy point of view, to cool down the expansion of spending, both current and capital, I'm presuming, but we'll find out in a second. Neil MacDonald is the chief executive of ISME, who, of course, represent the country's smaller firms. Neil, welcome to the hard shoulder. This OECD message must have been absolutely music to your ears at ISME, because for many years, I I think your organisation has been making this very point. Uh, that's true, and good evening, Emmett. Um, it is useful uh, when we get the the OECD to take a, a peer, a, a little look in, into the box, because otherwise people domestically are accused of taking one agenda or the other. The OECD takes a, a very uh, disinterested, objective look at what finances in Ireland look like, um, and they are raising a question about our ability to continually increase our, our, our public expenditure. And it has gone up very significantly in the last 10 years. We've gone from an annual budget of 68 billion, uh, uh, in 2012 to 97 billion this year. That's up 43%. And I suppose the question is, you know, does the populace, does the citizenry think we're getting good value for money for that spend? Now, of course, you get open up a huge, highly charged political debate once you say spending should either slow down, maybe not at the same rate it has been, or if you actually do cuts. Of course, we'll remember the austerity programme from the financial crisis and on board Snip New. Remember that report from economist Colin McCarthy? Uh, he became the most unpopular man in Ireland when he said certain parts of what we do in this country were not necessarily generating economic growth and and so on and so forth. But anyway, that's all in the history books. Where do you think the cuts should be? What kind of spending would you see as superfluous or or not generating wealth for the country? Is there particular parts that you would look at? Because you're going to run into a brick wall virtually on every area. So as an organisation, where where would ISME look around? Well, it, it, it's not necessarily that you it, it's not necessarily that you crimp spending. A lot of the time, it's the mix between what you're spending on. In other words, the difference between the current and the capital account expenditure. And after the Great Recession, a lot of what we did was we actually stopped capital spending. Uh, yet the current spend actually increased. It, with, with very few exceptions, our current uh, account expenditure has increased every single year. Uh, the difficulty with doing that, especially when you're borrowing to do it, is it's the equivalent of getting uh, you know, an overdraft to do your weekly shop, uh, and that can only go on so long. It, it is acceptable to, to spend more money and to borrow more money on capital expenditure because future generations get the benefit of that. But if we're not getting efficient, effective expenditure, particularly in areas like health, where 
this year or next year, the health expenditure is going to exceed uh, that on social protection for the first time ever. You know, we're spending absolutely vast amounts of money on the health service, and I don't think people would necessarily feel they're getting good value for money. So what we want to see is effectiveness in what we spend rather than saying we should just cut. Yes, and obviously the external environment is changing. I was looking at some figures the other day. One in three of every um, euro that the government collects now is coming from corporation tax, just heading uh, just shy of 30%. So that we won't get into that today, but I mean, it just shows that we do have a vulnerability funding this spending, whatever we think of it politically. Funding it could become very difficult in a, a higher interest rate environment as well. Yes, it could. And while we've returned to an effective current account surplus, in other words, and current spending, the government is taking in a little bit more than it's spending. In reality, that surplus has been due to corporation tax expanding like Topsy. Uh, and the question, which it's not just is me raising this, I mean, the ESRI has mentioned it, the Fiscal Advisory Council has mentioned it, there's a very strong likelihood that corporation tax is going to be under pressure in in the near future. We see the American multinationals shedding uh, um, workforce. Um, we see the American uh, stock market in trouble valuations coming down. So whether our corporation tax is going to be immune to those kind of macro changes is very questionable. And, and that means we have to be very careful about long-term spending commitments we enter into. Now, it's not all bad news. We are getting a bang for our buck in a number of these areas. In that health area, you do see more optimistic, sunnier headlines about cancer outcomes, heart disease outcomes. So I'm presuming, I ain't a health expert, but I'm presuming some of that spending that's got into that sector is starting to turn the tide on some of these very important disease categories. We, we hope so. And in general, you, you started off at the, at the top there mentioning our life expectancy. You know, it's it's one of the best in the world now and it is rising. Um, I, I suppose the concern we have is that when you look at the expenditure side, um, only in the United States is there more money spent on health than Ireland. Uh, and in relative terms, especially relative to the European populations, the Irish population is younger. So the concern there is that as we age and, and the CSO tell us our population is aging relatively rapidly, uh, our, our baby boom days are behind us, uh, that if, if we're spending so much on health now, as our population ages, that, that spending burden will become very significant on the exchequer and on the citizens. Okay, stay with me, Neil, because I want to get another slightly different perspective in in terms of we're opening different territory. I want to try and solve this core conundrum that we're we're, we're nobody's happy with our health service. You don't hear many people saying it's wonderful, best in class, etc. Rightly or wrongly, the general sentiment is negative. But yet we have this high life expectancy, certainly comparatively speaking. So Brian Turner is a health economist at UCC. He might be able to help us deal with this conundrum. Brian, uh, can you put those two pieces together? We're told we have a, a poorly performing health service, but yet we have reasonable life expectancy. Now, maybe it's nothing to do with the health service. Maybe there are other factors at play. But can you kind of maybe help us to solve this riddle? I can certainly try anyway. Um, I suppose the, the, the first thing to say is that life expectancy is dependent on not just the performance of the health system, but also environmental factors, lifestyle factors, and so forth. 
No, in fairness, we have made huge progress in Ireland in, in recent decades uh, in improving outcomes for particularly heart disease and cancer, which are the two biggest uh, causes of death. Uh, you know, in Ireland and in, in most developed economies as well. Um, so in terms of the health service, we have uh, the cancer centres of excellence now, which are doing very well. We've improved uh, very much the, um, the, 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 the cardiac uh, care in Ireland as well. So although, as you mentioned, a lot of people are unhappy with the, the health system, a large proportion of that is uh, the, the access into public hospitals for elective procedures, a lot of which would be things like uh, hip replacements, shoulder replacements, things like that. So uh, they're, they're, they're kind of slightly different um, uh, conditions than would be the ones that would be uh, having a major impact on life expectancy, where we're actually doing quite well. Yeah, and I suppose, I know in your job, health economics, you know, it's important to make the point that obviously child mortality is important, it's low in Ireland, but nevertheless it, it, life expectancy is about everyone that's born and how long they get after that not just, uh, so we need to factor that in. But is there anything that you'd pull out to sort of say, well, th- this might be the reason Ireland is got a bit of a gap on France, Germany, Italy I mean, we're talking mainly Europe here that's kind of our peer group. Is there anything that you'd sort of say, well, this one and this one would be the two that I'd pinpoint? Well, as, as I mentioned, I suppose cardiac and cancer care are the two areas where we, we have made a lot of uh, progress in, in recent years. Um, and again, it, it's not just in terms of the health system, but also lifestyle factors, uh, which, which contribute as well. So uh, I think we, we, our life expectancy was below average uh, a number of years ago, but it's now above average. Uh, so we've, we've, we've certainly made a lot of progress on that. And lifestyle factors, I mean, can you go into that a bit more in terms of obviously fitness and health and all of that and stress levels, etc. Are they the kind of things you're talking about and which one of those would you, would you, would you say is the most important? I, I think it's uh, things like that, but also diet, exercise. So I think we have uh, kind of reduced our consumption of, of red meat uh, on a per capita basis. So we are kind of eating more healthily. Um, you know, we are exercising reasonably well. Um, you know, so we, I think th- those are the kind of factors that, that will help. Now, obviously, you know, genetics play a huge role as well. Um, and obviously, they, uh, that, that wouldn't necessarily have changed uh, very rapidly over the last number of years. But uh, certainly the, the, the areas that we can control so things like uh, diet, uh, exercise, and as I said, the the improvements in the uh, the health sector in key areas like like cardiac and cancer care. Yeah, and I presume that the figures would have taken a bit of a hit during COVID, right? The the the, the elevated number of deaths over those two years. But I don't know, are they going to change the figures that much? I suspect they may have a, a marginal impact, but again, because of because COVID was an international phenomenon, I think, relatively speaking, we, you know, our, our, our relative performance probably won't be affected uh, very dramatically. Um, and in fact, actually, the OEC report has said that we yeah, we actually managed the, the COVID pandemic quite well. Uh, so uh, I think that's, that's certainly uh, another feather in the cap, so to speak. Yeah, and we also have to remind ourselves, when we talk about life expectancy, there is a fair old gap between male life expectancy and female life expectancy, he said begrudgingly. <laughs> so so there, I know that has been narrowing, Brian, but it's still a reasonably big gap, right? It is, but again, that, that's something that, that's seen internationally as well, that uh, women tend to live longer than men generally. Uh, it's not just an Irish phenomenon by, by any manner of means. Um, so I th- but I think, yeah, we, we, we're making progress in, in both male and female life expectancy, um, but obviously females uh, had a higher starting point as well, so they're, 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 they're doing better. Now, I suppose obviously another issue that this is going to, to, to lead to going uh, further down the tracks 
uh, is, and again, you've, you've referred to it already, is the expenditure on health. So uh, the ESRI has done a lot of modelling on uh, the demands for, for health services over the coming years uh, and including arising from population ageing. Um, and they, their uh, forecasts are for significant increases in demand for health uh, over the coming years. So I think that puts into perspective just how important it is to, to follow through on the slant care proposals uh, and increase capacity in the health sector, not just uh, in, in the hospitals, which have been, I suppose, a, an area of focus for a lot of people, but also uh, more, more uh, particularly in primary continuing community care uh, to try and kind of reduce the reliance on the, uh, the hospital's now, within our health system. Yeah, okay, thanks Brian. And I'll just go back finally to Neil. Neil, one of the things we reasonably wanted to cover this item of life expectancy is we, we tend to be so down on ourselves at times in Ireland. The culture is, some people see it as healthy, but sometimes we're unnecessarily negative about our own existence on this little island. So the fact that we've got to 83, do you personally, do you, who, who do you give the credit to this? Is it just us, the Irish people, we're eating better, we're exercising better? Is it public education campaigns who've kind of shunted us out there? I mean, who, who do you put this down to? I mean, is it that we've got to this stage where we can actually boast about our life expectancy being longer than a lot of our fellow Europeans? I, I think it's all of the above, Emmett. But I, I, I think, uh, similar to what Brian said, you know, you, you need to look at this in a holistic way. And yes, while the OECD is saying we're down, for example, on hospital beds and acute hospital beds, uh, and, and we agree with that assessment, you know, you, we, we saw how uh, close to the wire we got during the pandemic on, on those sorts of metrics. But the other thing we should be doing is investing more time, for example, in physical activity among our children and in primary care. In other words, preventive and primary care, you you try and stop people getting ill uh, first rather than trying to treat them after they get sick. And that kind of spending tends to be, it tends to deliver a better bang for book. So what we're trying to look for is more a more holistic view on how we spend money, especially on the big ticket items like health. So it's it's spend the same, but spend it better. Sounds like the, the message you're resonating today. Uh, Neil McDonald, we have to leave it there. Neil is the chief executive of ISME, and you heard also Brian Turner with pretty sunny stuff. Uh, he's a health economist at UCC about how long we're living on this planet and on this little piece of rock out in the western part of Europe. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan weekdays from four on News Talk.